This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, I'd no. like apologies in advance. It sounds like SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. You got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. I the radio, too. <laughs> As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. so And we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee, Coach? Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you are on Main Street and you are moving. You got to love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad someone. Now, Mo, Mm -hmm. as I was saying before, Mm -hmm. I was so rudely interrupted by the end of our show yesterday. Right. (laughs) Trent Dilfer and his tirade. We'll we'll get to this. We'll get to the second part of this in a minute. Mm -hmm. He should have been also yelled at for his decision to go hurry up on the one-inch line. <clears throat> for all... Rules for thee and not for me. Well, It's not going to work for me today. Well, and, and rules for thee but not for me. Again, as I was trying to say yesterday and didn't get a chance to say it because we ran out of time <laughs> as well, you can't tell a bunch of kids that they need to play with boys and not coach with it. Not on, and, and, you know, you brought this up yesterday about Nick Saban whipping somebody's butt and that kind of thing. But, you know, it's, it's just hypocritical to me, and, and I don't like it. Now, I should probably preface that by saying I have my issues with Trent Dilfer. But regardless, you know, you, you can't lose your mind like that. That's not how you expect your players to play. Set an example. Well, in his post-game press conference, or it may have been early in his press conference yesterday, he did mention that it was over the top. He said it wasn't directed at, at any one coach. He said all 12 coaches on the headset got the same butt chewing. And he said, but, but, it but was, who chewed his? But it was over like the top. Like you said. Nobody. And hopefully he took, he took some responsibility in film, you know, in film sessions to, you know, for that. I don't know, but I, I can hope that he did. Yeah. Would also like to say that, you know, obviously they're frustrated right now on the south side. Trent's frustrated because he thought he had a chance to win a, a football game on the road against a really good team, and they've struggled, you know, in their first year in the AAC. To be expected, I think. I, I don't think based on the people that I interact with on social media, most rational people understand the situation that UAB is in. Mm-hmm. 
They didn't have a great year in their final year of Conference USA because <clears throat> Bill Clark wasn't there. They moved to a new and improved, for sure, <laughs> more difficult conference. That's just the facts. And so you have to take into account all of those things. Meanwhile, they've got a really good quarterback. They had a, had a chance. They were, they were in that game with Tulane on the road the entire time. So that's improvement. This week is the Children's Harbor game where they will wear special uniforms and uh, play for the, the, you know, those at Children's Hospital. And it's always an, a unique and fun environment for this one. So hopefully they will be a little less on edge this week and, and, and maybe get a win and calm things down on the south side. So. Hmm. But yeah, I think I think a little bit of the frustration on top. It, you get to that point where, Dad, gummit, we had a chance to we had a chance to get within a, a score, and fumbled, and then we go we we get three and out. Only the second time we've gone three and out all day long, that we've held them to a three and out. We have thirteen people on the field to catch a punt. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like I, I can understand now. Not again. Not to say it was warranted, but I can understand. That's it. Welcome to the Tuesday edition, top five Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Chris Yao. And before we could go forward today, we had to finish up yesterday, yesterday. even though it took us a little past the end of the show. So that was our our bad. Next, we we still need that clock. Yeah, <laughs> that that house cleaning taken care of. What's up? Top five Tuesday. What did we come up with? Top five worst coaches to win a championship in any sport, any sport. national or world, um, pro or college. Um, this should be interesting since we're kind of doing it on the fly. Yeah, it's it, it is going to be interesting. But here we are, and we've got a lot of exciting stuff to get to today. So let's get into it. We've got yesterday's results and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the Rundown. Um, would love to tell you whether this is regular season or postseason play. Can't do it. Sorry. Um, Beach defeated Mount Juliet 3-1. to one. It was Cheatham County 3, Stewart's, Stewart County nothing. Donaldson Christian Academy with a 3 nothing win over Battleground Academy. Good pasture defeated Grace Christian of Franklin 3-1. to one. Mount Pleasant defeated Hampshire 3-1. It was Marshall County 3, Giles County 1. Murfreesboro Central with a 3-0 win over Marshall County. Middle Tennessee Christian defeated Friendship Christian 3-0. Summertown swept Perry County 3-0. Providence Christian defeated Davidson Academy 3-0. In girls soccer action on Monday, it was Antioch 5, Overton 3. Good pasture with a 6-0 win over Greenbrier. Corners will down Loretto 2-0. It was Springfield 2, Kirkwood 1. And the Webb School of Bell Buckle defeated Zion Christian 5-1. In the National Football League, Monday night, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks defeated Daniel Jones and the New York Giants 24-3. Today's schedule, again, we'd love to tell you if it's regular season or postseason, but can't do it. Can't do it. 
<laughs> Volleyball action this afternoon, 4.30. Beach takes on Gallatin. That looks to be postseason play because we don't know where it's at. Uh, Zion Christian is hosting Lighthouse Christian of Antioch. That's at 5 today at 5.30. It'll be Trousdale County and West at Westmoreland. East Nashville's at Valor Collegiate at 6. At 6.30, Coffee County is at Columbia Central. Yes or no? Um, that sounds right. Well, I mean, and I know that, it's right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, is postseason that, play? Or is that it? is postseason play. Right. Yes, that is part of the District 9 AAA tournament. Gotcha. Um, uh, also. This is probably part of the D2 tournament. Uh, most likely. Middle region. Mm-hmm. D2 Middle Region Tournament Action, Middle Tennessee Christian in Good Pasture, and DCA is at Providence Christian. Uh, Middle Tennessee Christian in Good Pasture, probably also at Providence Christian, if I had to guess. If I had to guess. <laughs> and then Rossview takes on Springfield. Girls soccer. Hang on. Okay. Also in that non-AAA volleyball tournament, um, Shelbyville is at Lawrence County. Tullahoma is at Spring Hill, and Franklin County is at Lincoln County. All of those games are at 6 o'clock. Gotcha. All right. Girls soccer. BGA is at Harpeth Hall at 5 at 5.30. Franklin Road Academy welcomes Webb School at 6 o'clock. It's Brentwood Academy playing host to Lipscomb Academy. Creekwood's at Fairview. Father Ryan welcomes Baylor. Grace Franklin is host to Independence, and Christ Presbyterian goes to Nashville Christian at 7. Tonight, it's White House at Hendersonville, Liberty Creek hosting East Robertson, and Beach at Station Camp. Major League Baseball, wild card action. Don't, be looking, up, don't be looking up the score. we we got to give postseason stuff later. We don't need to be knowing what the score is already. Well, there's what no happens? score. What happens if we know, though? There's no score. Okay. There's no score. There's no score He's between cheating. the there's no score between the Rangers and the Rays in the top of the first. <laughs> I mean, it was I a know. two o'clock start, so we, nothing nothing has happened yet. So there's no way for me to cheat. Um, three thirty, Toronto at Minnesota. Uh, the Rangers Rays are on ABC. Blue Jays Twins three thirty on ESPN. At six o'clock on the Deuce, it's Arizona at Milwaukee, and at seven, the All NL East portion of the NL playoffs starts with Miami at Philadelphia. Again, seven o'clock on ESPN, and that is, and it is an All NL East mm-hmm. because the winner, the winner will, play, will play the Braves. The Braves, yeah, that's your rundown. Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Glad to have them on board. Hope that you will go see them for your lunch needs. Meat and vegetables, of course, or vegetable plates or cobblers or any of the whatever you want. All it's of it's the all above. up to you. Sure. And, and so go see them each and every day at Neely's Mill in Piggly Wiggly. Also, grocery shopping, you can get your fresh hand-cut meats, fresh produce, and it's all just cost plus 10% at the register. Top story today, Mo, well, was also yesterday's half top story. Yeah, yeah. But we're here now, and let's talk a little bit about the United States Football League for now. I knew you would love to talk about the United States Football League because you are the guru of minor league football. In this room... I don't know how far that extends, but <laughs> oh, 
it extends to Finland. <laughs> so looking forward to this because one, we be, we know that there has been a a signing that a, a a free agent signing has happened now whether or not they're playing for the united states football league the national spring football league or something else we don't know but they've got contracts contracts they're going to play for somebody signed. they're going to play for somebody they're going to get paid by somebody <laughs> And that's all that matters. That's it. That's it. Um, and, and they will be together as they were at Ravenwood High School and at Tennessee State, uh, Tennessee State University because Philadelphia stars of whatever league they're in have signed former TSU running back Seth Rowland um, as a free agent coming off a fantastic season in Finland. But you didn't know they played football in Finland, did you? Uh, you know, I actually did. At once, well, I mean, the NFL Europe really it it, it left some it, it left some things over there, mm -hmm. and so you know, semi-pro football has been big in 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 Europe for a while since even since then. So. Well, Seth went over there and rushed for twelve hundred plus yards. That um, seems good. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how many games that is, but, I mean, regardless, playing with the United Newland Crusaders, he made the Finland all-Finland first-team offense and was named returner of the year. Um, 770 return yards along with that 1,245 rushing yards and 580 receiving yards. So... Um, Again, he has signed with the Philadelphia Stars where brother Chris had been a receiver returner and just recently re-signed as a free agent as well. So again, the Rolling Boys getting ready to wreak some havoc. 12 again, games, by the way. 12 games. So that's 100 yards a game. You'll take that. You will. Uh, yeah, and, and, and it's just, you know, to me it seems – quite appropriate that the brothers will be playing in the city of brotherly love. Well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> you can't, you, you can't make this up. No, no, no you I, can't draw it up any better than that. Had 2000 all purpose yards over there, mm -hmm. which is, that's good. And, and Chris has just been Chris. He, um, Dealt with some injuries last year with Philadelphia. I think he only played in three games. But before that, he had been, you know, one of the brighter stars in the USFL. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Well done. Uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's always, it's, it's always cool when you know local kids get the opportunity. That's that's the thing that the USFL, the National Spring Football League, the XFL, whatever you want to call, whatever is going to happen. Uh, that's what it, this that's what this allows. They're getting a chance to make a decent living playing football. I mean, you think about it. They're making forty five ish thousand dollars over a period of about four months. That's that's pretty good. Now, if you want to have a job in the off season, you can, or you can just you know. Try to make that 40K last. That's up to you. 
I think most of them's jobs are trying to get on NFL rosters. Well, and that's what you're doing for those four months. And then, of course, you got workouts, and mm -hmm. you know you're trying to work out in the off season and keep your body in shape, and then get ready for the next football season that you play, whether it be NFL, XFL, IFL, AFL. Speaking of the Arena Football League, um, Orlando announced that they are officially in this new AFL that we have been told about that allegedly includes Nashville that we don't know where they would be playing if they even if they did play in Nashville. But in Everett, Washington, skeptical. let me tell you, when I tell you this story, you too will be skeptical. <laughs> in Everett, Washington, a semi-pro team coach slash owner called the AFL office and said, hey, can you tell me about the tryout information so that I can tell my guys, you know, when tryouts are, where tryouts are, because I mean, I've got a semi-pro team and I feel like we got a couple guys who can play. Hmm? After about an hour and a half phone call, he's now the owner of the Everett Washington Arena Football League team. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, okay. <laughs> So, so it's just that simple, huh? <laughs> what was the semi-pro team here that was really good for a long time? They were purple. Oh, gosh. Oh, I know who you're You know what about. I'm talking about. Yeah, outdoor, not indoor. Yeah, there was an outdoor semi-pro team. Mm -hmm. they were, it was the Nashville. Gosh, what were they? I don't know. I can, I can see them. They were mm -hmm. purple and black. They looked like the Ravens. We're, we're liable to get a phone call or a text here at some point. Yeah. But... Like that, this, that's what I expect to happen mm -hmm. at this point. I expect that some random semi-pro team owner in this here shows up is going to be the next owner of the Nashville Arena Football Team, whatever it may be. And <laughs> good luck finding a venue, sir. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, if you'll recall, friend of the show Joe Campbell was going yeah. to coach the Nashville Fire in Free an coaching. indoor league. Or, yeah. Then COVID got them, but they were going to play at the Ag Expo in Williamson County. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh goodness gracious! So yeah. Anyway, look, I don't like making fun of minor league football because I'm a fan of minor league football. But but sometimes you just can't help it. Sometimes the jokes write themselves, I mean, and can, that joke wrote itself. Yeah, you got to keep it real, you know. Uh, if you don't call out the BS, how can people expect you to be objective when you're saying something's good? Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. if 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 something's good and like the USFL, I think has been a fantastic product. I think it's got a long, I think it's got a long future ahead of it. And I'll tell you that, and you can believe that because if I if 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 I didn't think so, I'd tell you that the USFL doesn't have a very long future ahead of it. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe this Everett Washington semi-pro team is pretty good. Well, I, I'm just worried about, the. does this guy have enough money to own an arena football team? Is he going to be able to, to get dasher boards? Is he going to be able to secure a, an indoor facility that, you know. Is he going to be able to pay his players? Is he, <laughs> ask Antonio Brown. I mean, <laughs> how... That's the thing. 
Yeah. The AFL is a single single payer though, so everybody pays into the AFL and then they and then they, they pay out. Oh, uh, that's, that helps. That's it. Yeah, so is the USFL. Well, it helps. What it helps with is workman's comp. They headquarter in a place where workman's comp isn't difficult to deal with, and so that's how that's how it works. <laughs> But, you know, anyway. I'm not mad at him. No, you, business is business. You got to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break and come back and talk a little NASCAR. Heather Williams joining us here on Top 5 Tuesday. Stick around Main Street Sports Day. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Vaughn and Joint. We'll be back in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 
Chris Yao, Mo Patton here on this Top 5 Tuesday. It is Tuesday, which typically, Mo, means that we would be talking to Chip Walters. It does, typically. Today, however... Well, this is not a typical week. It, it so. is not a typical week, <laughs> because tomorrow, the Main Street Sports Today Roadshow, brought to you by and fueled by our friends at Fast Stop Markets, will be on the road. We'll be heading out to Murfreesboro, where we will talk to Chip tomorrow, hopefully in person, but if not, we'll get him on either way, and we'll talk about tomorrow night's Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee State football contest. We'll have to take our helmets with us. So we can, <laughs> and sit them in front yeah, of we'll us? Have to, just, you know, a, a small little token of, of, our, of our set to bringing us. But it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll talk to Chip tomorrow, which means that we won't be talking to Heather Williams because it's there's a lot of things going on tomorrow that it's just going to make it more difficult. But we wanted to make sure that we did and so, talk to Heather. She because, is now. I mean, how, how would we get through a week we without can't, talking to Heather? We can't get through a week without talking to Heather. And so that's We've tried. It, it, it did not go so well. It didn't. It did not. So yeah. yeah. So here we are. Heather, what's up? Hey, guys. Um, I'll be disappointed tomorrow if you take those helmets on the road and are not wearing them. Uh, they're they're a helmets. little small. <laughs> we, we could put them on our bald, my bald spot. Mo doesn't have a bald spot. I'm... What, what concern of that is to me? I want them on your head. Like, <laughs> like, like little she does not. There you go. Like that. Like yeah. Off to the side oh, that's bit. good. Yes. We'll put a little like a, you know, we'll put a little a clip in our hair that yes. I don't have. <laughs> Heather, I'm 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 seeing flashbacks to in living color with Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly Okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Heather, tell us about Talladega. Um, it was typical Talladega, right? I mean chaos throughout. Um a guy who's chaos good track finds his way to the front, finds a way to get a win. And they all wrecked at the at the start finish line coming to the checker. That's pretty much Talladega in a nutshell, isn't it? I mean, every year it feels like. Oh, it's the, that's it. I mean, especially <laughs> in the playoffs. I mean, we're yeah, still- but I, I think it's really impressive that you know, for as much chaos and as much luck and roll the dice that these super speedways are, the same guys always find themselves up front, right? Ryan Blaney has has. Now I think three wins at Talladega, and um, you know the guys that were that were battling there at the end were all guys that we expected to be up front at the end of the race, and um, it just goes to show that while there is some luck involved in this type of racing, there's a whole lot of skill as well. Yeah, I, I was following it not on purpose, but Sunday as I was grocery shopping, I just so happened to be consistently behind someone wearing a Ryan Blaney shirt. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's a sign for today. And in fact, it was. <laughs> so there you go. But yeah, gotta be, gotta be kind of angry if you're Kyle Larson though. Because dude had, was running the best he's ever run at Talladega. And of course, disaster at the end there. But outside of that, Pretty typical day, and you know it, it puts the the playoff situation. You know, you still got 
Ross, Bubba, and Tyler are within 10 points of making the top eight. So who knows what might happen at the Roval? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really fascinating Roval, right? Because the two guys that have won the races are obviously locked in. I think Denny Hamlin is like plus 50 or something like that. So he's in pretty good shape. I think Kyle Busch in the situation he's at, minus 26, almost has to win. He doesn't have to win, but with just so many guys in between him and the cutoff, I think he almost has to win. But then any of the rest of the guys could make it, right, on points and and depending on what happens. And, you know, you look at a guy like Bubba, who's not typically been a good road course racer, but when he's needed to race well at the road courses this year, he's he's dug down different, different gear, for lack of a better term, here, um, at the road courses uh, and has been able to get it done. And he doesn't have to win. Like, he and he and Booty, now that they have the stage breaks and everything, they can play some strategy a little bit here and, um, you know, get stage points and run in the top ten and probably still advance. So um, I think it's going to be fascinating for all the drivers involved just because there are so many drivers that are still alive at this point. What happens – if Reddick and Bubba sneak into the playoffs, knock Larson and Keselowski out, and there are five Toyotas in the last eight remaining, people are going to riot. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably be unhappy. But, I mean, it would actually be kind of poetic justice this year because the Toyotas really have consistently been the top manufacturer this year. When you look driver for driver, they don't have as many drivers as the other two manufacturers, but – all five of them, and really at times Ty, Ty Gibbs as well, have been the best drivers in the garage. So it would kind of make sense. <laughs> it would be hilarious, I, especially with with Kyle Busch being knocked out essentially at this point. It would just, boy, that would that that would just make me too happy. What, <laughs> what if that happened and Ty Gibbs won the race? Because he's a threat. He's a great road course driver. <laughs> that would that make would be so good. Oh man, things. Things could not get more uh, fascinating coming up because it, the, the thing about the Roval is it's a fascinating track. It, it, it's called the Roval for a reason. It, 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 there's, there's a road course, but you've also got, you know, the, the regular course <laughs> at Charlotte. Yeah. So it's, it's just weird. Yeah, and talking to uh, uh, my friend Chris Carrier, who I do my television segment with, who's a crew chief, um, they wrote, ran the uh, – the Roval when they ran the truck race down there um, during COVID. And um, he, he talked about how difficult it is to balance your car. You almost have to make the decision that is going to drive like garbage on the oval part of it, because it's going to be much more important to make up speed on the road course part of the race track. So um, you just kind of have to decide, you know, which, part you want to drive better in the oval or the road course and it's harder to make up time on the road course so that's what the drivers or in the crew chiefs and the crews will choose is to drive well on the road course and just kind of fight through the oval part of it well it should be fun i'm looking forward to this week because again it's it's the final race in a you know before we go to round of eight and of course William Byron and Ryan Blaney are in. Denny Hamlin, as you said, plus 50, so he's in a great shape. It'd be really hard for him not to advance. Christopher Bell, Chris Busher, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, and Brad Keselowski round out the eight, while Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace in nine and ten. Ross Chastain just outside the top ten at number 11, literally by one point. And Kyle Busch 
at number 12 right now. So, you know, tough, tough break for Ross this weekend too. I mean, he, he was, you know, running well and then gets in the wall and his, his day ended really early and that, you know, really put a damper on his playoff chances. Well, and he's a beneficiary in, 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 of the big wreck at the end, right? Because you mm-hmm. look at the guys that were caught up in that, Bubba and, and Tyler specifically, um, he, Ross could have had a lot bigger gap to try to make up, but because those guys got caught up in the in the wreck and finished 24th and 23rd, I think, somewhere around in there, 17th, I think 17th and 24th, um, when they were running top five, top ten before the wreck, uh, actually helped Ross because the gap's not so so broad between the drivers because a lot of them were caught that that wreck at the end. Yeah. Let's let's talk about some news. Because sure. some big news happened today, like major news in NASCAR as we're headed to the Midwest. Yeah, Iowa. Um, so it's fascinating. So the, we're expecting the schedule to come out tomorrow, is my understanding, the full schedule. And I was like the last big piece to filling out the schedule that was laying out there. And it, from, from what I've heard and my understanding is, is that this was originally supposed to be Montreal. And oh, wow. that they could not make the the dates at Montreal work. This year's schedule has been a real challenge for NASCAR. It's why it, it, it's coming out maybe a little later than we normally expect for it to come out. Although not unprecedented. It's not unprecedented for this to come out this late as I see my Facebook memories come up every year. It has come out this late before. Mm-hmm. But it's been a little bit of a challenge because of the Olympics. And um, so NASCAR. So, NBC, which has the Olympics, is trying to balance the schedule of the Olympics, the IndyCar races, and the two NASCAR series that they, well, actually, the one NASCAR series that they have now, because Xfinity is going to the CW next year. Uh, um, but just trying to, to balance out those crews and um, and have the people and the and the workers and, and position, the you know, the voices and all that kind of stuff in place, it's created a, a, a bit of a challenge. I think you're going to see... Uh, when the schedule comes out tomorrow, cracks in some strange places that we're not used to uh, because they've been flipping this around and, and trying to make this all work with, you know, there's just so much that goes into these schedules, which is why Iowa kind of, for lack of a better term, fell into this position, right? I mean, they have a track that was that's up to the standards to host a cup race. They're in a climate that in the summer theoretically shouldn't be super hot. Um, being from the Midwest, I know that's a lie. It can get, <laughs> but in theory, it shouldn't be as hot in Iowa as it would be in Nashville or Atlanta. Um, so they just kind of um, were right there at the right place at the right time to to fill this hole on the schedule. Um, but I think the schedule is going to look really different than it has in the past as far as track positions on the schedule and where they are fall. Um, there's a real possibility from what I've seen that Daytona may not be the regular season finale. Because of the break that they're going to have to take for um, the uh, the Olympics, and that um, Darlington may not be in the playoffs, so um, just a few things that may may or may not happen uh, because it's like I said, it's been a challenge for them to get this all sorted out. Hmm. The Olympics, <laughs> that's kind of frustrating. Well, see, because um, when the when it was Who the wants to see run in circles <laughs> yeah much rather watch people drive in circles right yeah yeah there we go 
Well, what you're going to see too is is is, is the, the the network space too because yeah. last time at the Olympics was the first time they'd ever put well under this under this new package not the first time ever but under this new NBC package that they had put races on USA Network. It was the first time that they dabbled into putting the races there because you know you you know when the Olympics are going on there are sports on MSNBC and CNBC and yeah. all, all these networks that normally wouldn't have sports all of a sudden sports on them because there's just not enough inventory on the main channels and especially now that that, that NBC does not have uh NBCSN anymore it it's become a real challenge to get this all puzzled together well it's it's interesting Iowa will will certainly be a unique venue for for the cup race but I mean they've they've had plenty of truck and Xfinity series stuff and this is, you know, it's not a new place necessarily for a lot of these drivers. I mean, you go back and look at the winners, uh, the history of winners at this place. You're talking about, you know, Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon, uh, Chase Elliott's one there. I mean, it, it, guys know know what to expect at, at Iowa. It's just, you know, it's it's new for the cup, and that's exciting for Iowa. Iowa, congratulations to them, right? I and mean, most motorsports fans, right, because the, the yeah. car race there does phenomenally well. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a little bit of a test balloon for Iowa, right? Because they have been clamoring for years for a race, you know, much like Kentucky. But much like Kentucky, if it doesn't work out, don't expect it to stay there, right? I mean, Iowa, they're race fans. Now that you've got the race, you know, they've got to really show out to keep the race. Because I don't know that NASCAR really wanted to go there. I think, like I said, that um, – they were just the beneficiaries of the Montreal thing not working out. And I think NASCAR still wants to go to Montreal because they want international races. Of course. Well, the only other thing of excitement that happened uh, in NASCAR this week, we had a gas can bust and go up, and go up in flames. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, so, so let me ask you something, because Jody and I saw that somewhere and we were who who blew that? Was it the pit crew? Was it the driver leaving too soon? How does that happen? Whose fault was it? Well, it was probably a little bit of both. I mean, because the driver leaves on the signal from the pit crew, which is generally when they drop drop the jack. When they drop the jack, that's the driver's signal to gun it and go. So the jack dropped probably dropped early, you know, but also you're also waiting for the crew chief to say go. Like, I haven't seen the, um, and that's probably my fault for not looking into this more, but I haven't seen the part from Tyler, I mean, from Ty, so I don't know exactly who was at fault, but probably a little bit of both um, because, uh, you know, you practice those things on when to leave and when to go, and just a millisecond of somebody messing it up causes something crazy like that. That was bizarre. <laughs> Well, the, I mean, even for NASCAR, that was bizarre. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it caught fire like that is wild. I mean, I've seen fires on pit road before. I've seen um, gas cans certainly leave pit road before, but I've never seen that combination like that. It was it was crazy. Yeah, that was nuts. But you know, <laughs> it makes makes for great television right. as long as nobody gets hurt. And yeah, it doesn't appear anyone was injured in this accident. Thank goodness. So, yeah. So they got it. They got it all, all, all extinguished and everything. But boy, that was wild. <laughs> this is like, now that's a fire. I, I was gonna say it reminds me of that lady. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus, it's a fire. <laughs> there you go. Ain't nobody got time for that. 
<laughs> and Ty Dillon certainly didn't have time to be losing seconds due to a penalty. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was crazy. Oh, man. Heather, looking forward to this week as, as, as again, the Robo is exciting. It's fun, and it's the end of a playoff round. So we, uh, we hope that next week is just as fun. So. Yeah, and I'll be in, in Charlotte for the race. So have some firsthand accounts of, of everything that goes down. Well, are, are you are you going to be doing any work for PRN this time around? Uh, or just... Not this time around. Uh, with that being Charlotte, I mean, most of their guys live there, so um, you know it'll be the the great cast that's normally there uh, in Charlotte. But there will be some stuff in the future, probably next season, because there aren't really any after Charlotte. There aren't really any PR. I guess Vegas, but there aren't. That's it for their tracks the rest of the year. Well. We look forward to hearing those firsthand accounts next week on Wednesday, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing you then. And have a great rest of your week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Heather. We'll take a break when we come back. Major League Baseball. We'll talk about Ronald Acuna Jr. and his big 2023, as well as Major League Baseball postseason. Right after this, Main Street Sports Today returns after these breaks. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
October 3rd, 2010, with an 8-7 victory over Philadelphia and San Diego's 3-0 loss to San Francisco. The Atlanta Braves ended a four-year postseason drought, advancing to the NL playoffs as a wild card under retiring manager Bobby Cox. Braves had won 14 straight division championships, but 2010 marked their first wild card berth. That was this day in Braves history. As I was going back through my memory, speaking of, <laughs> I saw last year where Spencer Strider was talking about the Mets and his August 7th start against them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they seem to be having a lot of luck right now. That's that's great. It's August. We'll see what happens in October. Mm. Well, we'll see what happens <laughs> we we saw what happened in October, didn't we? That's right. Uh, yeah. Everyone lost. They lost. We lost. Everyone lost. Mm. Um, but yeah, was, you know, it's always fun to go back through my memories and see. Oh wow, who was? What was I griping about on Facebook that day? <laughs> Especially when it comes to the Braves. That that was typically that in Tennessee's. Uh, Tennessee's passing offense in 2011 was not great, apparently, today. <laughs> Jonathan Crompton. There you go. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Ronald Acuna Jr. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have seen the comparisons to Mike Trout or not. But there was a time where Mike Trout was considered the best baseball player in the game. Mm -hmm. it, and he, it's not been that long ago. I just think the ago. injuries have. Yeah, I was and, talking like 17, 18, 19, et cetera. Right. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr. in 2023 scored 149 runs. Mike Trout's best year ever in 2012, he scored 129. In 2023, Ronald hit 200, had 217 hits. In Mike Trout's career year in 2013, he had 190. Total bases for Ronnie this year, 383. Mike Trout's career high was in 2015 with 339. Ronald hit 41 home runs. Mike Trout's career high was in 19 with 45. And Mike Trout's career stolen base high was 49 in 2012. Of course, Ronald had 73 this year. So... I'm just saying <laughs> that if Mike Trout was the best player in the world, then what is Ronald Acuna Jr.? Then Ronald Acuna Jr. is the 2023 MVP, if nothing less, if, no, if nothing more. If nothing more, he is at least the 2023 MVP. And obviously, Shohei Otani was injured. Mm-hmm. But even if he weren't, I'm not sure that Ronald wouldn't have won a both leagues MVP. Hmm. He did uh, win Baseball Digest's Player of the Year, and they only give out one, hmm. no National League, no American League. Um, I saw a graphic that listed the major league leaders in like 12 categories. I think it was eight offensive and four pitching and 
there were half of the 12 categories, the leaders were Atlanta Braves. It was two for Olsen, home runs and RBIs. Um, two for Acuna, I think, stolen bases and run scored, and then Strider for wins and strikeouts, I guess. So, Do you know if this were 25 years ago, how big of a deal it would have been that the Braves have had two different 20-game winners in back-to-back years? Yeah, back when wins meant something. <laughs> well, back when pitchers went more than six innings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it, it just blows my mind. The Braves have two 20-game winners in back-to-back years, different people. Mm-hmm. And, and we're sitting here thinking, what the heck, you know? John Heyman tweeted earlier that Major League Baseball went up by 2,500 people. On average. On average. Their average daily attendance was up 2,500 from 26,843 to 29,295. That's with the Oakland A's. And that includes the Oakland Athletics. It does, in fact. So 26 of Major League Baseball's 30 teams were up. 17 teams top two and a half million folks and eight teams eclipsed three million, including the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm under the understanding that it's because of bigger bases. Sure. That's why. That's it. Well, isn't everything because of bigger bases or is it just everything that Ronald Acuna Jr. does? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just Ronald. Okay. Um, obviously, the... We, we talked about this with someone. I don't remember who it was particularly. Might have been Christopher Gabriel. About, it, you, know, you know now that when you go to the ballpark, you know it's going to be two and a half hours-ish. Mm-hmm. And, and when I go to a movie, two and a half hours is about the length of time I can sit there. If I go to, if I go to any uh, entertainment event, well, you you've got a you've got a short attention span. Well, I'm just, no, I, I mean I don't mind baseball. I can go to any baseball game, no matter how long it's going to take. But I'm saying that that's for most entertainment. That's about the the length of time you expect to spend at an entertainment event. That being said, and I did not go to a major league baseball game this year. What? It's the first year that I've not been to Atlanta in a while. That's okay. We went to two, so we went more. But, so you tell me, did you feel like you were rushed more so than you had in the past? Like, you had to rush to the bathroom, or you had to rush to go to the concession stand, or you had to rush to park, or anything like that? No, I didn't feel rushed, necessarily. It kind of felt like is that it? That went by fast. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, and not necessarily in a bad way, but it's like, oh crap. Yeah, it's like we were in and out quicker than I would have anticipated. Sure. Yes. Because so. you're expecting, you know, three hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah. And, and it's two hours and and, and I didn't have an issue with three fifteen. You know, I mean, when you drive. Four hours to get there. I think that that makes a difference too for a lot of folks. I mean, if you're if you live in the battery, yeah, then you might you might be trying to get on to the next thing maybe. But sure. when it's a trip, when it's a weekend trip, I mean, we went on a Saturday and a Sunday. 
when it's a weekend trip, you're not necessarily trying to move on. You, it's it's a destination, mm -hmm. so yeah. And maybe that yeah. makes a difference too. But I just th I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, when you're talking about as much as you pay for food and drinks and and that sort of thing, and then it's just kind of over. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. So. All right, we've got playoffs happening. Now, you, you accuse me of cheating during the rundown, which tells me that you had something in the way of some sort of well predictions. predictions. Yeah, we, we, I, I think we need to, to, to go through and, and decide, you know, Chris... Who's going to my, win this my, my predictions have not been great this fall, and you're asking me to make more. I'm, I'm asking you to make more, but I need you to understand something. I need, I need you to understand that your predictions have not been great this fall, nor have mine. Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind. I don't care about yours. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Uh-huh. Now, we start in the American League. Mm -hmm. The Twins, the third seed and division winner. Let me preface this by telling you, and, and I said this on the show a few weeks ago. You're a Braves and fan, not a repeating. Fan. Yeah, I have become a Braves fan, not a Major League Baseball fan. And I feel a little bad about it. But when you've got as much going on as we do, it's tough to pay attention to 30 teams. It, it really is. It's tough to pay attention to 10. Yeah. So, so... Now, there's my caveat. Twins and Blue Jays, which is the Braves' I hate you bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> who's yeah? Who's going to win between the Twins and Blue Jays? Neither, because this is the Braves' I hate you bowl. No. Exactly. Um, I don't know, because Toronto swept Atlanta in Toronto earlier this year, but... You know, at least Wait, one of, at least the Braves went to Toronto. Yeah, yeah, that was the. I was the, told that I was told that didn't actually happen. <laughs> I was told that was not a thing. I understand. I understand. But one of the pitchers that the Braves did not lose to in that series has, I think, since been released. I mean, I don't know. I liked Toronto's, you know, young core with um, Vladdy and Biggio and Bichette and that bunch. But Minnesota has really come on of late with some young talent themselves, including Royce Lewis. And it's well, tough to pick against Sonny Gray. That's bad. That's that's where I'm at. I, I, look, I'm not. He's only going to pitch one game in this series, but still. This is not a prediction as so much as a root. Yeah. I'm rooting for the Twins. Yeah, I think I would prefer to see the Twins. Um, Can Herbeck be twins. damned? Yeah. Well. I, I'm still hoping to see the Twins in the World Series. There we go. But we'll see. as long as he doesn't throw out the first pitch, oh, you know game, he will. You know he will. Oh, yeah. I, I, if he does, I hope somebody goes up there and jacks it out of the park. It jacks him out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> he goes up there yeah. and picks his leg up off the yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> that Ron Gant run out there and lift him up. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I, I, I like literally the twins in this one. Rays and Rangers. The Rays are 
doing this. The Rangers have been kind of yeah. doing this all year. So the Rangers, I think the Rays can win games in more ways than the Rangers can. I think the Rays offensively are a little bit more diverse than the Rangers, and on that basis, and I mean, Randy Arozarena is probably going to do something crazy at some point. Uh, I, I like the Rays in this one. I'm going to go with the Rays, but just because the Rangers ended the season such in such poor fashion. Yeah. Um, Orioles and Rangers. Tough pick against Baltimore right now. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. Astros and Twins. Tough pick against the Astros right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, they are on the way up. Mm -hmm. So, all right, Orioles and Astros. Hmm. I'd like to see Dusty get back. And I really feel like the Braves have a better chance against the Astros. But I think it's Baltimore. I don't think – look, it's Brooks Robinson, man. And 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 here's the thing. I don't want to see Baltimore because of it, mm -hmm. because the year that the Braves won the World Series was the year Hank Aaron died, and I just feel like Team of Destiny kind of thing. There might be something to it. They won 101 games, I think, to get to the World Series. All right, Phillies and Marlins. Mm. This is where we know our stuff. We can, we, we can kind well, of we get a We know our stuff to some degree. I mean, I feel like the – Phillies are probably better, but as we saw with Miami after we clinched, they're playing with a lot of intensity and they're dangerous right now. Is Alcantara back? I don't know if they got enough pitching to get by Philadelphia. Well, certainly seemed to be the question. And, um, and so, you know, with that, Lazardo, with Lazardo Wheeler tonight, Garrett Nola tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going with Philadelphia. I am too. I hate that too because I don't want them. I, I want the Marlins to win the darn thing. Well, I. But what it comes down to, to me, is who do the Braves match up better with? Yeah. So. Uh, Brewers and Diamondbacks. It's going to be Burns tonight, and they don't have listed their next two. Uh, but the, the the Diamondbacks are going with Fat, and then Gallon and Kelly in two and three. They're going with the rookie tonight in game, mm. game one against Corbin Burns. They better win it. That's all I can tell them. I think that's got to be Milwaukee. I think Arizona gets there. I think Arizona gets there. All right, Phillies Braves. I think I think the Braves want this matchup. Little little yeah. I and, agree. And and I think um you know, as Ben Ingram said last year in the regular season series finale, if you come at the Kings you best not miss. I think the Braves will be sharp and ready for this one. Um, not think they take care of the Phillies. Dodgers, you got Brewers. I've got Dodgers Diamondbacks. You got Dodgers Diamondbacks. I've got Dodgers. You okay? Uh, 
I don't, I don't know that it matters. I don't either. I think it's the Dodgers and Braves in the NLCS. Yeah. Then what? Then I think if the Braves have all of their pitching, I think it's, it's a Braves. big if. It is a big if. We know the Dodgers won't. Right. One particular. So, yeah, I, I think it's Braves, Orioles in the World Series, and I'm going to go with the Orioles, team of destiny. Wouldn't that be something for Baltimore? Wouldn't it be something for Atlanta? Because we've said all year. They don't win the World Series. Nothing else matters. I think it does matter, though. If they get to the if World Series, there. if they get to the World Series and lose to the Orioles, I'm not going to be mad. I think you are in the minority, though. I, I might be, but I'm I'm okay with it, and that's good enough for me. Yeah. Well, I... just remember that your picks haven't been very good. So who are you picking? I'm picking. <laughs> I'm picking the Braves. Dead gummit. Yeah. You were looking for some reverse psychology. I was, there, in right? fact, looking for some reverse psychology. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, Terry McCormick on the other side. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Ken, it is time now for the Daily Titans update, brought to you by Terry McCormick, powered by our friends at Zen Sports. What's up, Terry? Guys, it is your Zen Sports Titan Insider update for today, and it's kind of a stack on yesterday's update. Uh, shortly after we had the segment yesterday, the Titans made some roster moves. They designated Kyle Phillips for return from IR, and in the process, they also waive Mason Kinsey uh, from the active roster, meaning that if Kinsey uh, clears waivers, he'll likely go back to the practice squad. And that means that despite him averaging 12 and a half yards per punt return, Titans are going to go with Kyle Phillips in that role now that he's healthy. The other thing, they also released uh, Xavier Newman. And if he clears waivers, which he probably will, they'll go and probably add him back to the practice squad as well. And that presumably clears up a spot on the roster for Nicholas Petit Ferrer to return and be restored to the 53-man roster. So both those really, Terry, are kind of positive moves for the Titans. Is that right? Is that fair? Kind of positive, yeah, because you're getting guys back that you 
expected to be core contributors this year and to, you know, play valuable roles. Petit Ferrer, I don't think he's going to be a starter right away, and this is why I say that. Mike Vrabel was very complimentary of the way that Chris Hubbard has manned the right tackle spot through these first four weeks, and he's been pretty solid for a guy who hadn't played a lot of football the last couple of years. So he may hang on to that one for a while, leaving NFP to uh, kind of work his way back and uh, earn his spot back somewhere, either at right tackle or maybe somewhere else if uh, Andre Dillard continues to struggle. I, that's what makes no sense to me. I mean, I, I get that that Hubbard has played well at right tackle, and you certainly don't want to disrupt that offensive line, but Dillard kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. You've got to address that in some some type of fashion, don't you? Yeah, I think eventually they're going to have to, whether that's moving Skaronsky over there, whether that's giving Petit Ferrer a chance to move over there, but he's never played left tackle uh, in the pro ranks either. So right now, I think they're probably their best bet maybe just to hope that Dillard irons things out. I think he took a step in the right direction uh, Sunday against the Bengals because he did do a decent job on Trey Hendrickson. I think only had a couple of pass, you know, pressures, maybe a half a sack, but uh, you know, certainly still room for improvement from Mr. Dillard as, as the Titans move forward here. Should be an interesting week. Hold up. Any word on Traylon Burks? Yeah. Haven't heard yet. And, you know, last week, Brable said it would be a week or so. And if you're a Titans fan, it's that or so that concerns you. (laughs) And if you're a Traylon Burks fantasy football owner, as one is on this show. (laughs) So I think we'll know more probably uh, tomorrow by the time I give you your report on Wednesday, having seen practice. I think we'll know a little bit more about what's going on with Traylon Burks. All right. Well, Terry's got a phone call. Take that phone call. Tell us about Zen Sports. All right. I will tell you about Zen Sports, and then I'll take that phone call. <laughs> All right. Zen Sports, the new sports book in Tennessee, is revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it, too. Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Y'all, I'm serious right now. They have a dragon here. I saw it. What? What? No, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. 
She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, no. I'm like, apologies in advance. It sounds like CC Commissioner Greg Sankey. You got that radio voice. I do. It's a good sound. Oh, you the radio, too. <laughs> As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. so And we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee, Coach? Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you are on Main Street and you are moving... got to love it. Like you're moving... I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone... It is Top 5 Tuesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Top 5 Worst Coaches to Win a Championship. This should be interesting. <laughs> and we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. But right now, we're going to talk a little bit about the Associated Press Top 25 poll. As... Only two teams who won this week moved down in the polls. Only two teams that won this week moved down in the polls. That's correct. That would be Southern California and the University of Tennessee. <laughs> Georgia, meanwhile, 35 first place votes. That's down. It is. Considerably. It is. It? In fact, as Michigan gained or earned 12, Texas earned 10, Florida State with four, and Ohio State with one, yet Florida State behind Ohio State in the rankings at five. Penn State, Washington, Oregon, USC, Notre Dame round out the top 10. Notre Dame with a big win over Duke on the road. Probably shouldn't have won the game. Mm, I felt so bad for Duke. I mean, but Duke was not overly punished, only went down two spots. Got to give them credit there. Uh, Utah moved from 10 to 18 after their loss to Oregon State. Oregon State moved up from 19 to 15. Two spots behind Washington State, who beat them two weeks ago. So Alabama's at 11. They move up a spot. Oklahoma moves up two to 12. North Carolina's up one to 14. Ole Miss goes up four spots after. Beating LSU, LSU three and two, in on in in the on the year, and still ranked twenty third in the country. The only two loss team in the top twenty five. Uh, yeah, with two undefeated teams behind them. Meanwhile, Maryland undefeated, not in the not on the list. Just saying. How about Kentucky and Louisville both in the top twenty five? How about Louisville? Five and zero. North Carolina State went from a team that we all thought had a chance to win the ACC to a team that is pretty well packing it in. They have replaced their starting quarterback and giving Clemson the opportunity it's going to need. Clemson, which can barely see the top 25 from where they are right now. Yeah, I mean, 
as we said, this this Clemson team, I think, has the ability to do a lot of different things. I think Clemson could win eight or nine ball games. I also think they could, you know, miss a bowl game. <laughs> so, of course, now with NC State being what they are, taping in the the bowl game scenario certainly looks better than it did. Uh, Clemson is also three and two on the year. There are two wins, Charleston Southern, or sorry, there are three wins, Charleston Southern, Florida Atlantic, and Syracuse. Pretty big win over Syracuse, I think. So Relatively. Well, I mean, it, I think it's a big win for the team. Sure. When your only other wins were against Charleston Southern and Florida Atlantic, is that right. what you said? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we thought that that game might be one that, that, that Clemson could lose. And so, certainly, again, looks like the six win pla- or the six win plateau is, is still available. They get, get they get Wake Forest at Death Valley this week. Go to Miami, which is not, you know, not necessarily an easy win. Then they go to North Carolina State, which hey, by that time they might have their quarterback situation figured out and be better. Who knows? Then they get Notre Dame. That's a loss. Georgia Tech at home, that's probably a win. North Carolina at home and then South Carolina on the road. Again, they could win nine games. They could also win five. Right, right. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. But, you know, Kentucky moves up into the rankings from the 20, from to, to number 20 from not being ranked after a win over Florida. And that's why Tennessee moved down, right? I mean, Kentucky... Kentucky and Missouri jumped Tennessee, basically. But they're all right there together. That's crazy. And that's all going to figure itself out. Kentucky with a win over Florida after beating Vanderbilt. Missouri beat Vanderbilt, and both of them jumped Tennessee. A lot of respect for Vanderbilt. Yeah. uh, Clearly. Um. I don't know that I would have jumped Missouri over Tennessee, but obviously 5-0. and And then folks said, boy, if Kentucky beat Florida like that, Tennessee lost to them. That, that, must, not, that, that must be an even worse loss than we thought it was. But again, you spoke to this to some degree yesterday. I mean, Tennessee-Florida is almost one of those games that you have to look at independent of everything else just because of the headspace that Tennessee is in when they play Florida, apparently. Right. I, I think so. No. And it's it's tough to argue. It is. And and if Tennessee beats AM this weekend, then it becomes even more apparent that it must just be in their heads. Because, I mean, A&M is better than Florida. Right? I think. A&M with Max Johnson in particular. I mean, I, I, don't th- I, think, I, think, I don't think Florida's very good. I think right. Florida's probably the fifth best team in the SEC East. And I think they're, you know, Missouri and, and South Carolina are fighting for the other spot. I'm mean, sorry. Missouri, South Carolina, and Florida are kind of in that four, five, six range to me. 
Which, I mean, again, just makes it harder and harder to explain. 29 to 16? Yeah. So Now, Missouri and LSU this week at hmm. Missouri. Tigers, baby. Georgia, I'm sorry, Kentucky goes to Georgia. Oh, by the way, Notre Dame is at Louisville. Some, some top 25 Oklahoma, Texas. I think this is going to be an interesting week for the AP poll. Because, <laughs> again, Oklahoma right now leads the world in everything. I mean, points per game, they're just, they're, 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 they are leading the world in everything. But it's the Red River, River rivalry, and obviously <laughs> it's a neutral site. So I think this, this becomes a really interesting game for, because here's the thing if Texas wins it, you have to consider. Yeah, so long as Georgia doesn't just if if, if all if Georgia, Michigan, and Texas all win, does anything change? I, I think, think Texas has to jump Michigan just on the basis of Michigan playing Missouri, uh, Minnesota. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Texas has got to be two at the at lowest. The least. And depending on what Georgia does against Kentucky, if it struggles again like it has the last three or four weeks, then they're going to pick up some more number one votes. Yeah, I think I think they will. Yeah. And and how many more do they need in order to get to the number one spot? I don't know, but I think you know, especially if Alabama keeps winning, if Alabama goes to Texas A&M and wins, that Texas win at Alabama just keeps looking better and better and you know as a resume guy be hard to keep the Longhorns out of the number one spot a lot of teams off this week Penn State Washington Oregon all get off as well as Utah Duke and Tennessee mm -hmm. so obviously shakeups are even more interesting when some teams don't even play Yeah. Because here's the thing. If Missouri loses to LSU, does LSU and Missouri just swap? No, probably not. Or does LSU move up to like 19 or something for beating the number 21 team in the country? LSU moves up. Missouri goes but, out? No, because I don't – because there's an anti-Tennessee. Sure. So Missouri won't draw below Tennessee with a loss. Interesting. I don't think. I mean, that's possible. Shoot, if enough people win, Tennessee might fall out. <laughs> despite being off. Yeah. We've not talked about this, but Fresno State and Jeff Tedford <laughs> are taking on Wyoming this week. Wyoming, whose only loss is to Texas. And who beat Texas Tech in Lubbock. And beat Texas Tech in Lubbock. This might be the, the New Year's Six Bowl winner goes. The, the New Year's Six Bowl Bowl. Play-in game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
And number 24, Fresno State, looking mighty good. Wyoming. Not even getting Wyoming votes. Wyoming not getting votes, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. Just the, the AP poll this week, I think, I think you know. Is, is Fresno the only group of G5 team in the top 25? Uh, it is. The next one is Tulane. Then Air Force. Um, I, I think you know, putting my thoughts about the so the process aside, this is a pretty good top twenty-five. I think when you look at it as a whole, you say, okay, Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Ohio State, Florida State—they're the top five teams in the country. Penn State's probably right there. Washington. I think the top ten is probably perfect. Mm -hmm. I think Oklahoma is better than Alabama, or at least to this point have played better. Um, but I think the top 10 is, is about right. I mean, you can't, you can't fault Notre Dame for a last second loss to the number four team in the country. You can't, you know, just say, well, they've got a loss, so they're clearly not a top 10 team. That, that's frustrating to me. <laughs> so I, I, I feel like this is a pretty good top 25. I think the voters did a good job this week. I've, I've been on them pretty bad early in the season, but right now, I mean, outside of Maryland not being ranked and LSU being ranked, I, I feel like that's it's a pretty good week. I would have Maryland in my top 25. I would not have LSU in my top 25. That's about the only change I would make. So. We've got other college football to talk about, including let's talk about the SEC players of the week. We also need to talk about the Tennessee sports riders, athletes we'll, of the we'll, week. We'll get to them on the other side of a break. Oh, probably. I thought we were going to a break. Uh, well, let's go. we're already talking about power five SEC stuff here. So let's just stick with it for now. Um, just because it is what it is. Um, Jackson Dart, 439 yards, five touchdowns against Air. I mean, LSU. DBU. <laughs> Completed 26 of 39 passes for 389. Uh, added 50 yards rushing. Also, co-offensive player of the week, Ray Davis. Surprise, surprise, 289 yards from scrimmage. School record tying four touchdowns. Imagine that. Guy's pretty good. Guy's pretty good. Uh, Post-game quote, I didn't make history. Our line made history. We ran for over 300 yards as a team. As a collective unit, we made history. Okay. Interesting defensive player of the week selection out of Georgia. Linebacker Smell Mondin. Smile. Smile Mondin. 11 tackles against Auburn, including a sack, two for two tackles for loss in their, their win over Auburn. Helped the defense tell the Tigers two for 12 on third down, which I don't even know if I mentioned this yesterday, but Tennessee held South Carolina to two of 12, I think, on third down. That's pretty big. Special teams player of the week, Anaya Smith. Obviously was 
expected to have a great year last year. Uh, was supposed to be at SEC Media Days, ended up not being. Uh, this is not surprising that he would be, you know, one of the best special teams players in the country. Not at all. Uh, he returned three punts for 131 yards, 82 of those coming on a punt return for a touchdown against Arkansas. Uh, he obviously, you know, he actually got hurt in last year's Arkansas game. Um, so obviously making a – he kind of had some – I guess a chip on the shoulder for that one. Had <laughs> um, four catches for 71 yards, by the way, as well. Jeremy Flax was the offensive lineman of the week for Kentucky. And defensive lineman of the week, James Pierce, the University of Tennessee. Two sacks. Two sacks, two, two tackles six. for loss. Two of the team's six sacks. There we go. His second multi-sack game of the year. Has five for the season, which is second in the conference, and was the guy who hurried Rattler on the pick six before halftime. You'll take that. Freshman of the week, Caleb Downs. Freshman safety, had 13 tackles, five solo for Alabama. Recorded his first career interception and was credited with a pass breakup as well. Can you imagine what kind of freshman you have to be to get on the field on defense for Nick Saban at Alabama, particularly in the defensive secondary? Yeah. And, you know, they've actually had several over the last couple of years. You think Kool-Aid made his, you know, Kool-Aid started. Um, the other guy that's back there as well, um, who's the other cornerback that's really good? Crap. He started as a freshman as well. But, you know, it, it's been – you have to be really, really good. And they've had some – they've had some guys that have played, what, four years in that defensive backfield. And, boy, let's see. Uh, gosh, I, I wish I – Malachi Moore. Fantastic defensive backfield. Also, co-freshman of the week, place kicker from Georgia, freshman as well, obviously, freshman of the week, is Peyton Woodring. Uh, was a perfect two for two on field goals, three for three on PATs, which is huge because well, Georgia won 27-20. They mm -hmm. needed every point he gave them. So. All right, let's... Take a break when we come back. Tennessee Sports Riders Association Players of the Week and more after this on Main Street Sports State, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey. 
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton. It's Tuesday, Top 5 Tuesday, coming your way here in just a moment. But right now, we're going to tell you about some of the best performances in the state of Tennessee, as the College Players of the Week were announced earlier today by the Tennessee Sports Riders Association. And we'll start with football, Mo. Austin P. graduate quarterback Mike Delello. Now, is he an Austin P. graduate? He is not an Austin P. graduate. He is classified as a graduate. Yes. Graduated from middle, transferred to Austin P. This should probably say graduate transfer. Gotcha. Because instead, of, folks senior, like instead of senior quarterback, or mm-hmm. that's why they're calling it graduate. I was just curious. I couldn't remember if he graduated, if he was a graduate transfer or not. He's a graduate transfer. Okay. Yes. Um. Jeez. Threw for 244 yards and three touchdowns in the first quarter of Austin Peay's 52 to 10 win over Lindenwood. Jeez. Touchdowns of 42, 46, and 46 yards in the first six minutes. Also rushed for a 12-yard <laughs> score to close the opening quarter. <laughs> That's insane. Austin P put up 690 offensive yards in the 42-point win. 
So that is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know what his final numbers were, but um, but I mean, two forty-four and three touchdowns with one rushing in the first quarter pretty well tells you everything you need to know. Defensively. Sewanee defensive lineman Quinn Johnson, also a graduate transfer. Um, eight tackles. Eight tackles with five and a half sacks. Jesus, what? I think he was playing against Andre Dillard. <laughs> In Sewanee's 20 to 19 win at Hendricks. Eight tackles, five and a half sacks, also a fumble forced. The teammate Connor Manus picked up for a 20-yard scooping score. So, Austin Pease, Mike Bellello, University of the South's Quinn Johnson, your offensive and defensive football players of the week for the TSWA. Men's soccer, staying up on the mountain, Swanee junior forward Tyler Kazi picked up his first hat trick with three goals in a 6-3 win over Piedmont. Um, nine total shots, four on goal, three goals. And in women's soccer, King senior forward Taylor Stubbs had four goals in the Tornado 6-3 win over Lees McRae. Single game record since King moved to Division II NCAA competition back in 2010. Stubbs also had an assist setting a King single-game record with nine total points. <laughs> so, But it seems like the, the, the athletes of the week this week were pretty easy to identify. It would seem so. I mean, hopefully there wasn't a whole like, lot of debate. <laughs> If there were, I'd like any to know. Of the, yeah, I'd like to know who was saying it. Yeah, because they deserve mention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> volleyball. God. Belmont's Kristen Clemens from Louisville, Kentucky. 35 kills in three Missouri Valley Conference games, or in three matches. 35 kills, a 542 hitting percentage, 3.18 kills per set. Also had six blocks. 15 kills and a 3-2 win over Murray State. 12 kills in a 3-0 sweep over Bradley. So, again, Mike Delello from Austin P. Quinn Johnson from Swanee. Tyler Cozy from Swanee. Taylor Stubbs from King. And Kristen Clemens from Belmont. Your Tennessee sports Players of the Week for football, men's and women's soccer, and volleyball. Congratulations to all of the honorees. Uh, I, I wanted to take a look at this because I, I saw the Titans were trending on Twitter. I was a little confused as to why. I don't see anything new that's that's come up. Other than it's been 1,047 days since the last time the Titans lost to the Colts. How many? 1,047. Since the Titans last lost to the Colts. 
Did we talk about Jonathan Taylor? No, is he back? He is in practice this week. He is practicing for the first time this calendar year was the way that was phrased wherever I saw it and could be on the active roster this weekend against the Titans who have not lost to the Colts in 1,047 days. Hmm. Um, let's see, what do we got here? Did you did you see? I'm not. I still not seen nothing. So I don't know. What's that? Jonathan as far Taylor? as Jonathan Thomas goes. Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Jo- Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. JTT. Yeah. Um, according to Yahoo Sports, the Indianapolis Colts are off to a solid two and two starts, and one of their best players has yet to play. Whoever, however, who knows if it will be as easy as inserting Jonathan Taylor back in the lineup. Eligible to come off IR this week. Shane Steichen confirmed what has already been reported. Taylor appears to be ready to go in terms of his health. Steichen said the team is expecting him to practice Wednesday. That's tomorrow. All right, then. Taylor requested a trade from the team when he didn't get a contract extension. Then Colts owner Jim Irsay was Jim Irsay agitated the issue about his this missing running backs concerns over their dwindling market. Ursay said he wouldn't trade Taylor. Then a few weeks later, the Colts allowed him to seek out a trade. The Colts reportedly made unrealistic demands, surprise, surprise, which was strange for a player they don't value enough to extend his contract. So as Taylor stayed on the Colts, but wasn't available for week one, Taylor went on IR to start the season due to an ankle injury from last season. With his future still, with this future in doubt, this future, according to this article. <laughs> Just because Taylor could practice on Wednesday doesn't mean he'll play on Sunday. The team has three weeks from when Taylor practices to activate him off IR. Steichen said the team will evaluate Taylor in practice before making the call on when to activate him. So, so we could see Jonathan Taylor. We could not. But he's expected to practice tomorrow. There you go. In other NFL news, the man who designed the Packers iconic G logo has died at the age of 83, John Gordon. Oh, wow. Who in 1961 was an art student at St. Norbert College and was working as an assistant for Packers equipment manager Gerald Dad Brazier. Gordon was offered the chance to design the team's logo under. Vince Lombardi. Gordon said in a video produced 10 years ago by St. Norbert College that uh, dad, Gerald Brashear, came down from his meeting with Lombardi with a piece of paper in his hand and he said that Lombardi wants a logo and it's going to be a G in a football shape. Sounds like Lombardi designed the logo. So I was going to say, it seems very simple that, you know, I mean... Companies, take note. This is what graphic designers mean by direction. (laughs) What exactly would you like? This. I want this. (laughs) I would like a G in the shape of a football. football. (laughs) Done. (laughs) 
<laughs> Here's the thing. It took him less than 24 hours, surprisingly. Because, <laughs> well, he just had to take a football. And, and make a G. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, here's here's what's crazy. Okay, so John Gordon helped design the Green Bay Packers distinctive G team logo. He also helped dis <laughs> helped design the University of Georgia's distinctive G team logo, as well as as well as Gallatin High School and <laughs> every other team that starts with G across the country. Yeah, <laughs> Gordonsville, all of them. Yep, yep. So. Um, I, I, I wish I'd known you were going to do this because we probably could have pulled up all of those. <laughs> oh gosh, I have no idea. All of those G's and put them up because yes, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. That's right. I just thought that was, I, I just happened to see it come across yeah. here on, on the SPN's wire. Uh, from I mean, the, seriously, from the go. Uh, you've seen Georgia's G, but go Google Gallatin Green Wave and Gordonsville Tigers. All the same. If you've seen Green the, Bay, Gordonsville's is blue. That's the only yes. difference. Blue on a white helmet, Gordonsville's is. <laughs> but Gallatin doesn't even change the colors. No, no, Gallatin just said, hey, we, we are what we are. Uh, Mo, I don't know if you know this or not, but the emergency, the Braves emergency first baseman has been identified. It's Nicky Lopez, isn't it? It is not, apparently. Uh, because, well, it, it could be, but... Well, I mean, that's who went in for Matt Olson on Sunday. Yeah, but what if also what if Nicky Lopez is already in the yes, an emergency, not backup? Okay, here's how we're lining up for our first postseason workout. The home team, Ronald Acuna Jr. in right field, Albies at second base, Riley at third, Olsen at first, Darno at catcher, Harris. I guess Darno's the starting catcher for the postseason, which would make sense. He's, you know, well, with his experience and all. Well, and and with Sean Murphy's lack of. <laughs> right. <laughs> Harris in center, Rosario in left, Arcia at short, Shoemake as the So the other team must be throwing a lefty. <laughs> Brendan Shoemake is the designated hitter. And why is that? Because Ozuna is the emergency, emergency first, first baseman. Because <laughs> the other team lines up Lopez at short, leading off Pilar and left, Murphy at catcher, Ozuna batting cleanup, playing first base. Forrest Wall in center field, Vaughn Grissom at second base, uh, Sam Hilliard at right field, uh, Luke Lucas Williams is that uh, at third base, and Guthrie. <laughs> the, chick, the chicken finger guy is DHing, I guess, with Smith Shaver on the ball. Guthrie. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I tell you. Literally could not tell you who the guy is. I, I, your guess is as good as mine, on Mr. Guthrie. Dalton Guthrie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> who is he? Uh, um, claimed off waivers from the Giants on July 13th. Okay. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> not us. Brown six pick we, of the Phillies in 2017. We get out that of Florida. Florida. Played at Florida. Well, good for him. <laughs> Son of former major leaguer Mark Guthrie. <laughs> uh, the Atlanta Hawks tweeted that the Braves are going to win. Okay. <laughs> you know, kind of concerns me that the Hawks are tweeting that the Braves are going to win because the Hawks know so much about winning. 
someone said our B team could win more games than the Oakland A's did this year. Except the A's took two of three from our A team. <laughs> hey, I said they can win more games, not beat the A's. There we go. Big All difference. right. Yeah. Big difference. Beat everybody else except the A's, maybe. Oh, man. But, yeah, the, the, Ozuna at first base would certainly be a, a mm. move. Again, if we get that far deep into the mm. – just pack it in. Just pack it in. Oh, man. Yeah, that's something I could go without seeing. But at least he wouldn't have to throw from there. Yeah, he would not have to throw. Now, and hopefully he wouldn't be climbing any walls to catch fly balls. <laughs> After misjudging it horribly. <laughs> oh, by the way, Rangers are up 4 nothing on Tampa Bay. All righty then. So, yeah. what do we know? It's just one game. Uh, yeah, the game to yard. It's just one yard. It's just one yard. Let's take a break. When we come back, top five coaches to win a championship. No, worst five. Top five worst coaches there we go. to win a championship. Sorry. We'll be right back after this on Main Street Sports Today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Top five Tuesday on this Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports. Again, tomorrow we are 
hopefully going to be at <laughs> MTSU coming to you live from Murfreesboro. And uh, looking... you, you say hopefully because we've not exactly secured the venue to taking care of the details, <laughs> details for said appearance. But it will be fun. We'll, we'll be joined by Chip Walters tomorrow ahead of the Jacksonville State and Tennessee State game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure to join us on the Main Street Sports Today Roadshow, fueled by Fast Stop Markets. Also keep an eye out on our social media tomorrow as we tell you a little bit about Fast Stop Markets. They've got some really cool stuff. Uh, so right now, though, it is Top 5 Tuesday, brought to you by Mid-South 5 Fitness and the fine folks, Dallas Steel and the gang, steelathletes.com, at steelathletes, S-T-E-E-L, athletes on Instagram. Make sure to go give them a follow, give them a call. Today, though, we talk about the worst coaches to ever win a championship <clears throat> and the Google random number generator today. Here we go. Justin will be number three. Justin is number three. Okay. Mo will be number one, and I will be number two. Well, I'm glad I'm number one because you after the, we you, discussed... You got the first one. After we discussed... Five worst college football championship coaches. I want to go ahead and get this one out of the way and make sure I get it. Um, Gene Chizik, 2010 Auburn. Gene Chizik is it. Um, number two, I'm going to, with the number two overall pick, I'm going to go with Gary Kubiak, <clears throat> the Denver Broncos. That's not bad. Because Peyton Manning won that one and no in the defense. Well, there you go. Gary Kubiak had nothing to do with that. Along for the ride. There you go. <laughs> yep. All right. Oh. JK? Um, mine's more of a, a guy who's terrible as a person, John Gruden. I don't think he's a very good coach. I, I don't he think he's a very be. good coach either. I mean, the only – he won the Super Bowl in 03 with the Bucks, and that was Tony Dungy's team. It was, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, because I had him on my list, so good, good call. My number two, staying in college football, actually. And this guy won two. Dennis Erickson with 89 and 91 Miami. Interesting. I mean, I feel like Erickson was... Okay. Uh, he was no Jimmy Johnson. He was no Howard Schnellenberger. Uh, no, but I mean, he, he, he won some games in the NFL too. I mean, he was 40 and 57 in the NFL. Well, that's 40 and 57 in the NFL is not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen worse, but not that have won championships. So I guess that certainly fits. My number two, we're going to go to baseball. The 1980 Philadelphia Phillies. Managed by Dallas Green, who had one winning season as a manager in eight plus years. The year he won the World Series. <laughs> now, is that eight plus years in Philly and with no, the Cubs just or just total? He finished his managerial career with only one season above 70 wins, his career record obviously below 500. And wow. his only winning season as a manager was the 1980 Philadelphia Phillies. There you go. Cash in, baby. <laughs> okay. JK? Uh, I'm going to go with um, Mike McCarthy. Uh, okay. I don't, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I don't all. either. All right. Um, 
when you said Mike, it scared me. And when you said McCarthy, I breathed a sigh of relief <laughs> because my number three is Mike Ditka. Yep. Yeah. Not a, not a great coach, much worse general manager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> what sealed this for me is he coached the 1985 Bears to a Super Bowl championship. Refrigerator Perry scored a touchdown Walter in a 46-10 win over the Patriots. Well, the fridge was a better dancer. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my number two, we're going to stay in baseball, Ozzie Guillen. Not only is he the worst, one of the worst coaches, one of the worst TV personalities as well. I, I don't know how you define worse. I mean, from a TV standpoint, oh, I just kind of must see TV yeah, because you never know what he's going to say. I, I need Charles and Ozzy to come and to commentate some uh, uh, like Anything. a football yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where they have no idea what they're talking about, but it'd be hilarious. Yeah, train wreck. <laughs> okay, Justin, number three. Um, for number three, I'm gonna go with uh, Barry Switzer. Have we said that one yet? We've no, not said Barry the, Switzer. He's, he's on the list. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with me on the list. Walk, walking into what he walked in. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> strike while the iron is. I tell you what, Jimmy Johnson leaving a program is is pretty good for whoever's next. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it works out real well. They like look yeah. around the room. They're like, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Pick me. <laughs> uh, my number four, Bob Brindley of the 2001 <laughs> Arizona Diamondbacks with Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. And as you mentioned about Dallas Green, I think he managed like two more years after that before he was fired. Yeah. So, uh, my number four, Eric Spolestra. Spolstra? Yeah. Oh, the Miami Heat? Yeah. Gift. What's he done without the big three? That's, as you said, that's certainly a pick. <laughs> What's he done without the big three? <clears throat> that's all I'm saying. Justin? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Brian Billick for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he was known as an offensive guru, but everybody knows the Ravens for what? Defense. Well, particularly that year they won. I mean, that's true. We, 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 led, we led off the, the show. Talking about his quarterback, so true. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's hard to. It's hard. Kind of hard. There's not many. Uh, some of them, when you get a little bit opinion based, you know, on the towards the end, like uh, if they're bad, even though they won, you mm. know. No, no, that that's a solid pick. My number five. Uh, you talk about Spolster and the big three. This guy. Won an NBA championship with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson and did nothing else. Paul Westhead with the 80s Lakers. Yeah. Okay, but 
here's the thing about Paul Westhead. Paul Westhead was not supposed to be a head coach at any point. <laughs> there is that. He was he was always the, the the other guy. He was never. I mean, he wasn't supposed to be the head coach. He Literally, he was not supposed to be the head coach. Whoever the head coach was, the guy had a fight. The guy Tarkanian. Who, yes. Not yet. Was it Tarkanian or the? No, was, whoever. Westhead wound up head coach because the guy who was supposed to coach that team had, had a bike, a bike accident. That's right. But it was McKinney, Jack McKinney, mm -hmm. who coached at UNLV. Right? Uh, Jack McKinney coached at UNLV. I'm not aware of that. I'm not saying he did. I could have sworn he did. I don't know that. Again, I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying I don't know that. I, I could have sworn he did. And maybe not. I don't know. Either the, way. The Lakers were 9-4 and four when McKinney had his bike wreck. Right. And he coached at... St. Joseph's and was an mm -hmm. assistant with Portland. Yeah. Before taking over the Lakers in 79. Yeah, let's see. He was an assistant with Milwaukee and Portland. I guess he was with Jack Ramsey at Portland. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I swear, maybe, maybe there was, maybe he was an assistant at UNLV at some point. Under, I have no idea. But that was the reason that Buss wanted him because he ran that offense. Right. He ran the, that style. And maybe it was just that he just wanted that style of offense. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. But that was why he wanted him. Right. Because of his run and gun. And he thought that magic made sense. So anyway. Mm -hmm. Number five for me, I'm going to go with Jimbo Fisher. Justin's not unreasonable. Uh, I'm going to finish mine off with uh, good old Les Miles. Oh, man. I <laughs> Jimbo and not Les Miles, but yeah, you're solid. right. It's great pick. Great Very value solid. there at number five. Yes, at the right. end with the last pick. Great value. Yeah. Great value there. All right. That's going to do it for the show. Again, tomorrow, catch us from MTSU and stay with us tomorrow night. It's going to be a lot of fun because the trash talk will start early tomorrow. The trash talk will start early and will end late for one of us. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, if there's trash to be talked, you'll be talking it because I, my I know, team is one in four. I know, you don't <laughs> have, I know you don't have a lot of faith, but I'm just telling you. My, my team is one in four. Well, and, and clearly JSU has had a pretty good year. I'm just hoping we don't embarrass ourselves. But don't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. All right. We'll see you guys then on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Have a good one.